And at one point they asked me what I do for a living. I say, I'm actually a lawyer. One goes, oh, I'm also a lawyer, pretty cool. And then I, there's one girl who actually um, liked the most. And I was like, so what do you do? And she's like, um, I'm a border guard. Experience. And welcome back to another episode of the Vodka Vodcast with me, Connor Klein. This is the Zara Experience and in today's episode I'm really excited to share a story with you that is intriguing. I'm, I'm guessing since you're here watching the, watching the video and I'm speaking to you today from Odessa in Ukraine. It's the end of this Indian summer. It's been amazing weather over the last six weeks. We're like they say at the end of October and it looks like this. It's really phenomenal. Kempram uh, is always going to be like this in Odessa but today's video is about another city in the region Minsk and the country Belarus because I've been there earlier in the summer and I'm about to go back. Um, hopefully fingers crossed I'm actually going to be there next week. Now when you see this it'll probably already have happened you'll probably be able to check out actually my videos and vlogs from Minsk in Belarus I will link them up uh, here on some cards and also down in the description to the video if you're watching it on YouTube if you're listening to it on the podcast then I will uh, put those in the show notes for you to go and check out so I'm really excited to be going back to Belarus but wasn't always so obvious that I would ever get to go back to Belarus ever again to be honest and that's the story I want to share with you guys today in this episode of the vodcast it's the time that I actually uh, got banned from Belarus now it wasn't well should I spoil it already by telling you how I got banned no I'll keep a little bit of suspense in the in the video so uh, it was two years ago just a little bit under two years ago probably when I was planning the trip it was about two years ago and I was considering going to Minsk for New Year's Eve uh, I know it's not the most popular destination for New Year's Eve but my friend French friend Remy who's actually been in many of my videos uh, from here in um, in Odessa or the parts of Ukraine he was kind of obsessed with the idea that we would go to Minsk. Uh, it was it's known as the last dictatorship in Europe. He's like, yeah, let's go. Let's celebrate New Year's Eve there. He was really excited about it. And at the time, you needed a visa to visit uh, Minsk um, if you were Western European or North American. So I was against the idea. I was like, this is a lot of hassle to go to Minsk. Uh, we could just fly to Kiev um, or somewhere else that doesn't require a visa and it'll just be a lot simpler and we'll probably have more fun and it'll probably be even cheaper than going to Minsk but he was adamant no we must go we have to go to Minsk and I was like okay um, you're usually disorganized Remy so uh, once you have your visa and all of your stuff together like your flights then I'll believe that we're going to go to Minsk otherwise I'll just assume we're going to end up going to somewhere more reasonable like Kiev for example. So Remy starts the process of applying for his Belarusian visa. Now the rules on visa free have changed. They've actually become a lot easier in the last two years. I'm going to also a link up in the cards and down below in the description some videos about that. So if you're planning on going now it's going to be a lot easier for you if you have a North American or a European passport to actually go to Minsk and they do have a 30-day uh, visa-free period if you fly into Minsk airport and out but at the time that wasn't uh, possible two years ago so then he starts organizing his visa because he's going to fly from Switzerland to uh, Minsk directly 
I, on the other hand, start to look at alternatives just in case at the very last minute I need to go to Belarus. Now, they had just started uh, exactly at that time a new pilot program where you could go to a border town called Grodno uh, or Grodna in Russian. And there you could, you just had to organize some documents beforehand and basically pay about 20 euros and you could go to, you could cross the land border and actually go to Grodno uh, in Belarus. Now, what is very strange about the system is that officially you're not allowed to leave the area around Grodno that's actually identified by some sort of border on the road or some signs, um, even though you've actually entered Belarus legally. Uh, and of course they have this, they have this common travel area with Russia. So, um, and at the time I think there was no border guards between Russia and Belarus have changed that to Russians since, since then, since uh, Belarus has started to liberalize its uh, visa-free policy with countries that Russia uh, requires a visa from. Um, but basically, you would, uh, I guess, to placate that you were not allowed at the time uh, leave um, Grodno. But this is an odd situation. It's a bit like you're allowed to fly to New York, but then you can't go to San Francisco. It doesn't really make that much sense uh, that you would spend your money in San Francisco versus New York. I mean, who cares? Uh, for in the country's point of view, and the same from Grodno to Minsk. So I knew I could get to Belarus, um, then the issue would be getting to Minsk and how easy or difficult that would be uh, to, to manage. So Remy has a complete um, yeah, nightmare trying to organize his visa. Basically, he first sends his application. Then they say, uh, you still need the insurance. We don't uh, like the letter you sent from your insurance company, even though he technically had insurance. So in the end, he has to, I think, buy the insurance from another company or he has to send another letter that holds it up for a while. Then they tell him that actually the exchange rate on the visa fees has changed in Swiss francs. So what he sent was, um, we'll say it was, I don't know how many it actually was in Swiss francs, but it's probably something like 50, uh, 50 or 60 uh, Swiss francs. And they said, yeah, you paid 59 point whatever number of cents it was. Uh, so you still owe us like less than, less than a dollar, uh, but we want that otherwise we're gonna process your visa. And this is all like taking huge amount of time, right? So basically he's, has to then send this money, the second payment for a few cents, just to have a process, at which point uh, he had written the address. It was almost Christmas, so we're going for New Year's, and obviously things are gonna be closed, like the embassy's gonna be closed, obviously, you know, his own work and his office is gonna be closed, and he'd actually written for the delivery uh, to be with his passport, obviously, because he knows the visa on his passport, to be at his workplace, and they were gonna be closed. So he then asked him, can I change the address? And they were like, no. You cannot change the address on delivery. He's like, well, no one's going to be there to pick it up. I can't actually have it delivered to the building. And they're like, not our problem. You'll get it in um, <laughs> when it reopens, which of course is too late for uh, New Year's. And he's already bought his flights and everything. So at this stage, I'm like, well, sucks, but um, it, I'm not going to go into the hassle of getting the visa because it doesn't look like we're actually going to go to Minsk at the end of the day. So I was like, and eh, anyways, if it does, I have this other option of going to Grodno and then we can work something out. So in the end, uh, it's like maybe the day before Christmas, uh, maybe two days before Christmas, I get a photo on my phone of a Belarusian visa in the name, in Remy's name. And I was like, oh, he managed to get it. In fact, he had gone to the depot where the, the courier service had the, or the postal service, whichever it was, had his passport in an envelope and basically he got them to open up and give it to him because he said it yeah the passport was for going home for Christmas to see his family well maybe he has family in Minsk not sure about that 
so anyways, he has his passport. I'm like, oh, oh, we are really are going to Minsk. So I need to book flights and I need to get to Grodno because obviously I can't get a visa at this stage because it's too late at the embassy is closed anyways, right? So I then go to, um, you know, online, book a flight to Eastern Poland. Actually, I booked the flight to Warsaw and then I was going to, yeah, then, then I took a train from Warsaw to Bielostok which is on the border. I've actually since made a, some, a video from Bielostok. If you want to watch it, I'll, I'll also link that up in a card. And then uh, I would take the bus across the border to Grodno. Now, I have been to Belarus once before. It was actually in Minsk. It was 2010, so it's quite a long time ago. So I was excited to go back to Belarus. The reason why I hadn't been back is basically because I had to get a visa and it's hassle, you know. So that's why I was spending so much time in Ukraine as opposed to Belarus and Russia, which also requires a visa. So I cross the, the border the next day. Basically, I fly to Warsaw, take the train to Bielostok, stay overnight, get up, uh, have a walk around the center of Bielostok, then take a bus to, um, to Grodno. So this is, you know, I get to the border. I was one of the first people to take advantage of this visa-free regime. Five days to go to Grodno, cross the border. Uh, border guards are friendly to me, I have the insurance, everything. Get to Grodno, go out, uh, and I actually party pretty hard, actually. I had a really, really late night. I think I went to bed around 8 a.m. It was quite quite crazy. Uh, met some local girls there and had a very, very good night. Uh, wake up pretty hungover, and actually, I have a travel vlog of this whole trip, uh, and you can watch that also linked up in card. You're gonna have a lot of viewing to do if you haven't seen these videos and there you can see I'm actually a little bit messed up in the video the opening scene because I hadn't slept very much and I go to I'm actually at the bus station so I decide I'm gonna go to Minsk uh, Remy has arrived he's booked a, an apartment uh, for me there and uh, I'm gonna take some mode of transport to get there now blah blah car wasn't working or any sort of car pooling our car sharing service so I decide I'm going to take the bus not the train because the train asks for your passport so I was thinking well maybe they would see that I'm only supposed to be in Grodna not in Minsk and on the bus they didn't ask me any questions so I decided to go to um, I decided to go to the bus station got a bus ticket basically sat at the back of the bus closed the curtains got some sleep woke up in Minsk now of course, I'm not planning to do anything to get myself in trouble or something like that. So I basically, me, Remy, we we enjoy New Year's Eve. Unfortunately, he picked a place that really was kind of like just, uh, it's actually kind of almost like a gay club. There were so many gay guys there. But it wasn't so crazy in terms of the party. Um, he loves this electronic music and this kind of like hipster scene. Um, and the music was good, so we did enjoy the music. For me, a New Year's party um, wasn't really what I had expected, but yeah, I say I always give him once a year where he can take me to these kind of parties where we'll just like party, you know, just dance until uh, 8, 8 a.m. He also didn't know that it, it wasn't actually a gay, a gay club. I mean, this was also interesting about Belarus because it's actually quite draconian and not very uh, big on um, gay rights or whatever the long acronym has turned into today. For that, it was just very gay friendly. There were actually just a lot of gay people at the party, and it wasn't a place where there were a lot of single uh, straight people, which was an unusual experience for me on New Year's Eve. But hey, we did dance, we did have good fun, and we didn't then go out uh, the next evening as well. And the next evening, uh, I'm still in Minsk, of course. Uh, Remy keeps jaywalking, which is a big problem. I mean, the reason I make these videos is that you can also learn and learn from them. 
<laughs> um, not just that you listen to me and are entertained purely maybe by my stories it's actually because jaywalking is pretty like Belarus is really strict as a country it's of course dictatorship it's basically a police state and there are police everywhere and if you break the rules in Belarus then you do get in trouble you do get fine right it's not North Korea I don't want to exaggerate it's completely fine to go there but even stuff like jaywalking can get you in trouble so Remy keeps bloody jaywalking and of course police even shouted at him once and I'm like dude I'm not actually supposed to be in Minsk I have no idea what they will do uh, maybe they would deport me maybe they would find me uh, of course it's not um, a big deal I'm not doing something I'm just gonna go back to Grodno and leave right after after the parties in Minsk so that's something to be careful if you do go to Belarus just remember that even jaywalking is strictly enforced it seems <laughs> they definitely uh, people stop at every red light if they're walking so that evening we go to a, um, a cafe bar uh, in the uh, kind of historic part of Minsk and um, it was kind of a funny uh, occurrence with my friend Rami has a flight early in the morning to go back to Switzerland and I am of course going to go back to Grodno and um, we're at the, the bar, I think it was ordering some coffee, I don't even think it was drinking alcohol. And some girls stand beside us, we start talking, They're pretty friendly, seem pretty cool. So I say, hey girls, sit down at our table, let's just chat uh, for a little while. Uh, my friend has to leave and go to the airport pretty soon, but you know, we can just chat. So we start talking, the girls are pretty um, open um, to conversation. And uh, they spoke a little bit of English, I think one of them mostly in Russian, so I had to try and interpret for Remy because he hasn't learned Russian yet and at one point they asked me what I do for a living I say I'm actually a lawyer when it goes oh I'm also a lawyer pretty cool and then I there's one girl who actually um, liked the most and I was like so what do you do and she's like um, I'm a border guard I was like interesting hmm I think I might need your phone number in case I ever have a problem and uh, she'd already asked me like you know where to come from where was I going and I said yeah I came from Grodno and I'm going back there tomorrow Grodno so it should have been pretty obvious uh, the reason for that was because I wasn't supposed to be in Minsk technically so the next day I go back go to Grodno um, also have a travel out and vlog Grodno that I've shot since then um, that I'll also link of course by card and below in the description so you should go and watch that it's a, probably going to give you a better sense of the town I actually went back I went to a, a bar to pick up the keys for my apartment because uh, they were left there for me and actually people even recognized me from the first night of the trip because it was only a five five day visa free uh, and the bars actually I had even friends in Grodno after just one night out there it was just really cool and uh, I had another good late very late night in Grodna. Next day, I wake up. I'm actually not feeling the best. I go across the border, hand on my passport, leave Belarus, go to Vilnius, which is the capital of Lithuania. I always like going there. Met a, an old friend who'd been my my intern actually as a lawyer a few years previously uh, in uh, in Vilnius, and uh, went out there partying with a local girl. Even on the that night, I was pretty ill, but that's probably another story for another episode. So that would seem to be the end of it right so you're probably wondering um so where's the point where you get, you get banned connor yeah that's coming up after i leave belarus i flew to brazil for carnival um, if i know i make this channel about eastern europe but actually brazil is my favorite country in the world and i try to go once a year for at least a month and in particular around carnival because it's summertime in brazil in january february march and there i really just love it i love the whole country, the food, the people, uh, the nature, the parties, um, the girls as well, of course. Uh, and Carnival is the biggest party 
on the planet basically so i really love going there so i fly to see my friend lucas um because i'm going to crash in his place in sao paulo for the first night or two when i fly to brazil and i had an e i land in sao paulo and i see an email uh you know on my phone it's from a weird address it's actually about to delete it and then i see it has a suffix from uh from belarus by it's like oh it's from belarus interesting maybe I shouldn't do it. maybe I should just open up it's probably spam and um it's actually a letter from it's not maybe not quite a full court but it's like a tribunal of some sort and basically it's informing me that the charges against me for violation of uh, belarusian immigration immigration law have been dropped so i was like that's nice in terms of due process being a lawyer that um well they only tell me after the fact that uh i'm not been i'm not been charged anymore with anything like normally i would expect to been informed when the process or whatever procedure was ongoing obviously to tell me so i can um you know defend myself or whatever um <laughs> at least be part of the process so it's all written in russian um and uh, you know i do speak russian but i want to make double sure i send it to a russian friend who's a lawyer and uh he confirms yeah it's all fine it just says that uh, the charges against you were dropped uh, the whole procedure so yeah there's no consequence um except for lack of evidence and um i'm like yeah that seems all good and i have been thinking about um learning some russian or belarusian belarusian in uh belarus um and i have been talking to some language schools and i've done something similar in lviv in ukraine for learning ukrainian also i have videos about that i'll also link that about beautiful lviv so i need i negotiate with the school they say yeah we will invite you to learn belarusian free of charge they have offered me some other uh incentives to come i'm like cool uh, i guess i'm going back to minsk um sooner than i thought so but this time i need a visa because obviously at the time there wasn't this 30-day visa free rule to go to minsk they had not changed it actually since um i should tell you i actually published the, this video the one the vlog from minsk going there uh, at the time i published that on my channel and um they'd actually changed the rules to make a five days visa free um to go to minsk um so actually if that had been available just two months later i think it was even less than two months it was like six weeks earlier I never would have had to go have gone to Grodno at all. Uh I could have just flown to Minsk. So in the meantime Peter they've changed it. I published the video. Uh, but now for the classes I want to stay for 30 days. Basically I wanted to stay for a few weeks. So I need to get a visa still and I go to the Belarusian embassy in uh Kiev eventually. I had wanted to do in Bucharest but I needed a letter and it took a while. So I go there and I'm you know I have my money, I buy the insurance that I need because you always need insurance when you go to Belarus. and um i go into the embassy i have all my documents i hand it over um they ask me for the original document of the original copy of the um invitation letter i'm like mm, i'm traveling i don't really i i can't have the mail to me they're like okay fine they go back and thinking okay this is you know i normally have to wait a, a week um to get your passport back i'm just going to wait till it's confirmed then go have lunch and the woman comes back to me and she's like um Mr. Klein, why and this is all in Russian by the way, but I'll, for safe everybody who's watching it, I'll say it in English. Uh Mr. Klein, um why have you come to uh get a visa with us? You're on a list of banned people from the country. You know you can't get a visa. Like basically say, why are you wasting all, all our time? You know you can't come to Belarus. And I was like, that's a shock to me. What do you mean banned from Belarus? That's like that's that's crazy i mean i and then i thought okay i had this letter so i tried to find it on my phone like frantically trying to get it out couldn't get the letter to load up on my phone of course like when you really need it technology starts to let you down and um 
yeah, I said, hey, the charges were dropped against me. There's no uh, legal decision saying that I'm banned from the country. I, uh, that, so I'm completely unaware of this. Uh, and she's like, well, I can't give you the visa uh, if you're in the system as being banned, right? And I said, well, okay, what do I need to do to help the situation rectified? Because it's, it's a mistake. Uh, who do I need to speak to? She said, you need to call the Ministry of Internal Affairs in Minsk. Here's the phone number and you can do that in the morning. So next morning, I call the Ministry of Internal Affairs in Minsk and they, um, the woman is very polite. She goes through my file and she's like, okay, you enter the country. They have very long names in Russian, by the way, for each uh, of the different areas. Like you enter the country, then you enter the Grodna zone, then you leave the Grodna zone. So basically she was able to tell me exactly when I left Grodna. I went to Minsk, came back, uh, then left the country. Then apparently an investigation was opened um, on a certain date um, uh, as to yeah, for violation of Belarusian immigration law, then there was a um, decision taken to drop the charges. I was like, aha, uh -huh, okay. Um, and then decision was made to ban me from the country by the security services. So I was like, okay, so I'm banned uh, by arbitrarily, basically. It was an arbitrary decision, executive order um, by the security services. I was like, can I appeal that? They're like, and the woman was like, no, you cannot appeal a decision by the security services. We're actually known as the KGB still. They didn't change the name in Belarus. So there you go, KGB banned me. <laughs> and uh, my head was like, well, yeah, okay. Um, well, how long is the ban? And uh, she was like, it's for one year. I was like, okay, one year. Actually sounds kind of reasonable. Um, and you know, is there a fine? Can I come back after one year? She's like, yeah, you can come back after one year and just not back into Belarus for one year. And I was like, well, that kind of sucks for Belarus more than anything else because obviously I will come spend money in the country and actually make videos and promote it. Um, so, but if they don't want me in their country for one year and I can come back, then that's, that's the way it's going to be. So I was pretty disappointed. I had to tell the schools, sorry, I can't come after all this hassle. And um, fast forward a year, I did... Um, Across the border, um, I actually went to Brest on another five-day visa-free um, uh, possibility, or uh, I was going to say deal, but just basically process. Um, so they've now expanded that, so you can go five days visa-free crossing the land border to Brest, which is also borders Poland. And I did that, but it was pretty tense because I wasn't 100% sure, like, am I actually allowed back into the country or not? I get there, there was actually a Belarusian girl on the bus who befriended me while I was waiting in the queue because when you go through immigration they make you take all your bags off the bus and they kind of go through everything and she was wanted to help me in case I had a problem with maybe communication um, so I don't want my passport I'm actually pretty tense and like, god this is gonna be it's gonna be rough hanging out in this remote border post if uh, turns out that I can't come into Belarus for some reason and uh, the immigration officer who had my passport was like it was the first time she'd seen this visa free thing so she had to make phone calls taking forever but then she was like okay welcome to belarus and i was like great and um this girl on the bus then helped me with um going through customs so they didn't even they actually in the end didn't even look at my suitcase straight through on the bus i'm back in belarus all good again so after one year of not being allowed in, I was able to then go and take the classes out the school. I actually went to learn Belarusian, which is the second official language of the country. Most people speak Russian. Everybody speaks Russian, but some people also can speak Belarusian, which is the national language. Did do that. There's going to be videos about that. Uh, my time in Minsk, also uh, learning Belarusian. 
going to be up on the channel. Uh, it's already up. I'll put, of course, a card like all the other videos. And it unfortunately rained the entire 10 days that I was in Minsk. So that's actually why I'm going to go back again and film the city because I couldn't really film anything outside. It was pretty, pretty awful the whole time. So I thought it's not going to be very interesting for you guys to watch if it's just like clouds. And yeah, you should see the drone footage of it once. Awful, 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 awful footage. So that's the story about the time that I was banned from Belarus. So what can you learn from this? Uh, first of all, um, there are ways around, uh, obviously, um, technicalities in the law. Of course, I, I enter the country illegally. I don't encourage that you that break the law by, uh, uh, you know, entering somewhere illegally. I think that that's pretty extreme. Um, but of course, at times people overstay visas. There are, of course, consequences for that. Like normally you have to pay a fine. Maybe they say you can't come back to the country for a certain amount of time, like what happened to me when I went from Grodna to Minsk. Now, it's also true that I have a YouTube channel and I did have a video doing it. So there were comments under the, the, the video saying that, did I, did I realize I've, I had violated uh, Belarusian immigration law? I was not convicted of that. I was um, uh, just an arbitrary decision by the, the, the KGB. Um, so that's also informative for you that it's not a country with um, strict due process. I was not convicted of anything. So uh, I shouldn't have actually been banned at all. Uh, if you were to use that standard that we would apply in other countries to the legal process, but this is not the case in uh, Belarus. They also appear to have tracked my phone. Probably I did have a local SIM card uh, because they knew when I had crossed from place to place. So the easiest way to do that would have been by my phone and my SIM card, because obviously I, I had to buy it in Belarus. I had to show my passport. So just be aware of those things that it's a country where maybe uh, civil liberties and certain freedoms that are protected in other countries like in Western Europe and maybe North America. Although those are also violated by the governments like pretty regularly. It looks like if you look at certain scandals uh, like on NSA and um, what's been exposed in the media. But just bear down just remember that <laughs> that um, they can see all those things if you're traveling and normally for most people that's never going to be an issue and even for me okay they said I couldn't come back for a year but at the end of the day I can't go back to Belarus and I can't show you what's really great in the country and they did change the uh, uh, the rules after the first time I was there and actually they changed it to 30 days visa free after the second time I made a video complaining about it I actually have a, a video about being allowed back into Belarus a short video tip Thursday there um, so that's something that you can learn from in my experience dealing with Belarus that um, due process is not really um, something that is protected in other places in and be prepared if you you know have a, a technical violation of some rule to um, to deal with the consequences of that I was fine with that I mean basically I went from uh, Grodno to Minsk yeah you're not technically supposed to do that, but at the end of the day, I know obviously it's a very small infraction uh, of, of a rule about what you're supposed to do and what you can't do. And it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to let someone into the country and then say, hey, you can only stay in one city and not another city. So just be aware of all those things. If you have your own stories about Belarus and dealing with um, maybe their immigration, maybe with traveling visa free, then let everybody know down in the comment section to this video. It's always great to get your comments because you don't help not just me, but also all the other people in this great community that we've been building over the last few months who are really enthusiastic about traveling in the real raw east of Europe. And maybe you've had similar issues in other countries, then please let us know as well in the comment section. If you've enjoyed this video, of course, strike the like button give it a big thumbs up helps the channel out if you're not a subscriber and you've gone all the way to the end of this video then you might as well go ahead and 
Squeeze that red subscribe button, become a subscriber, also helps with the algorithm and everything in YouTube. And if you're really interested in going deeper in with these topics, then whack the notification bell uh, beside the subscribe button so that you're notified whenever I'm uploading new videos here on YouTube. If you're planning a trip to the region, maybe it's Ukraine, maybe it's Russia, maybe it's um, somewhere in the Baltics, Romania, then also consider writing me a message. Let me know that you're coming. I can help you out. I provide coaching uh, packages over Skype to get you set up. Maybe you're going there for dating and in particular, you need to be careful. A lot of things that um, go wrong with that in terms of scams and you know, I help a lot of my clients. I even read their emails that when they're corresponding with girls, maybe even Russia or Ukraine and explain to them, yeah, that's definitely a scam. That's not even a girl you're talking to. Their translator there, it's probably some dude 40 years of age. <laughs> that's not, and they're asking for money. So to protect you guys, I'm here. Um, definitely write me a message if you're interested in any of those options. You can also reach out to me on Instagram to send me a direct message. My handle is Zara Experience. My email is connorkline at zarexperience.com. So the next vodka vodkas will probably be from actual Belarus itself that you're going to see. And um, I'm really excited to be editing up the final Odessa 2018 summer vlog. Um, so look forward to that. And I will see all your smiling, enthusiastic faces for Eastern Europe in the next video. Desvidanya, Dopobachna from Odessa, Ukraine. Sar experience.